This week's Haftorah for Parshas Ekev, the second of the Shivat Nechemta, begins in the middle of chapter 49 of Perak Memtes of Sefer Yeshayahu and goes until the very beginning of Perak Nun Aleph, chapter 51. So that is a very long Haftorah. And what we were going to do, what we are going to do here is really go through the Haftorah and get an idea of what the Haftorah is about, why it's part of the Shivat Nechemta, and the messages of comfort and consolation. As opposed to most of the Shivat Dinechemta, which are really all comfort, this particular Haftorah starts positively, then has some rebuke and is pretty negative in the middle, and then returns to a positive message at the end. Okay, so it begins with Pasad Yudalid in Perak Memtes, and before this point, Yeshayahu has been giving a prophecy, a nevuah, about the end of days, about the time of Mashiach. And after um, he speaks from his point of view, from the point of view, view of the prophet, of the Navi, Yerushalayim, Jerusalem itself, speaks from her point of view as kind of a response to the positive nevuah that Yeshayahu gives. And she says in verse 14 in Pasuk Yadalad, um, Tzion says, Hashem has forsaken me. My master has forgotten me. Yerushalayim here actually expresses concern that the redemption won't actually come and that it's been so long that she feels forgotten. And Hashem responds to her and says the following, can a woman forget her baby or not have mercy on the child of her womb? Even if these people would forget, meaning even if unimaginably a woman could forget her own baby or not have mercy on the child of her womb, I, Hashem, could never forget you. I have engraved you on the palms of my hands, meaning Hashem says to the Jewish people, or actually to really Yerushalayim, your image is in front of me constantly. Your walls are before me all the time. Hashem here says that he never forgets the broken walls of Jerusalem. They're always in front of him as a reminder. So her concern that Hashem could possibly have forgotten him is obviously her, I'm sorry, is obviously unfounded because Hashem is constantly thinking of the destroyed Yerushalayim and only wants to rebuild it. Miharu banayich maharsayich. Swiftly, your children are coming. Umacharivayich mimech yetzeu. And those who destroyed you are going to leave you. Now Yerushalayim feels abandoned because her children are gone and she's occupied by her enemies. But the day will come when it will be the opposite where her children will inhabit her, where the people, the Jewish people will inhabit her like it should be, and the people who oppress Yerushalayim, who don't belong there, will be gone. Look all around you and see, they are all assembled, they are all coming to you. Hashem swears, Chai Hashem is a way of Hashem swearing as I live, meaning as 
much as I live, which God is obviously always lives, he is eternal, that's how much I promise that this is going to happen. It's an absolute promise that Yerushalayim will wear all her children like jewels and she will deck herself with them like a bride. As for your ruins and your desolate places and your land that's been laid waste for, unfortunately, many thousands of years, you will soon be crowded with settlers while the destroyers stay far away. The comfort, as before, is not just that the land will be full, but it will be full of people who belong there and not their enemies. The children you thought you had lost will say, and you will hear them, this place is too crowded for me. Make room for me to settle. Imagine the joy of a parent who thought they had lost their children, and then hearing the children making room for one another in their home. What a comfort that would be. And you will say to yourself, who bore these children for me? I was bereaved and barren, exile and disdained. But whom, by whom, sorry, were these, were these children reared? I was left all alone. And where have all these children be? Thus says Hashem, I will raise my hand to nations and lift up my sign to the people. And they will bring your sons in their arms and carry your daughters on their shoulders. And Hashem tells Yerushalayim, where Yerushalayim is stunned, right? It's not natural that the people who lived there thousands of years ago should return to her. She's stunned at that possibility and at that real and eventually at that reality. And Hashem says, I will raise my hand and lift my, my, my and lift my hand to the nations, and they will bring your children back willingly, voluntarily. And why will they do this? Because they will be so affected by Hashem's miracles that they themselves will return the Jewish people to the land of Israel, and they will stay to serve the Jewish people, for they now recognize the truth of the Jewish people's mission. And you will know that I am Hashem, and that those who trust in me will not be shamed. The end of Perak Memtes, and again, Prakim really have no real significance, but it's just the way that we refer to the Psukim, the end of Perak Memtes concludes with the Navi reassuring us, that even though we have been exiled in war by victorious nations, and it is unnatural that exiles will return to their land, in this case, it doesn't matter that it's unnatural. Why not? Because the whole purpose is, the end, last, the last few words of the Perek, that then all flesh will know that I am Hashem, your Savior and your Redeemer, the mighty one of Yaakov. The purpose of the coming of Mashiach and the purpose of the Geula, of the redemption, is to announce Hashem's presence and power to the world. He is, of course, all-powerful, and therefore, He can bring us back 
regular rules of nature do not apply. The Haftarah continues into Perek Nun, chapter 50, and speaks here about an assertion that's been made many times, mostly by the nations of the world, that the Jewish people have been cut off from Hashem and rejected from Hashem, and that Hashem no longer considers us his chosen nation because of our sins. And of course, this is not correct. And this chapter begins by asserting that Hashem has not cut ties with us. But here, this premise is not a source of comfort. Instead, it's the basis of a claim against us, that the distance between us and Hashem is our doing, as Hashem gives us every opportunity to return to Him. Ko amar Hashem ezek sefer krisus imchem asher shalachtiha. So says Hashem, where is the bill of divorce of your mother, whom I dismiss? Hashem here is refuting the claim that this is that is unstated here, but is in other places, that Israel feels abandoned and nervous that Hashem has left here her permanently. And therefore, this is a rhetorical question. Where's the bill of divorce? Meaning, I never divorced you. I never cut off or ended our relationship. And which of my creditors was it to whom I sold you off? This is another concern or another claim that Hashem does not have the power to bring us back. Like someone in debt who sold off his people to pay the debt and does not have the funds to redeem them. Neither is true, of course. You were sold off for your sins and your mother dismissed for your crimes. The exile is temporary. Hashem loves us and has sent us away only due to our misdeeds, but he longs for us to repent so he can bring us back. If what you're saying is true, and I have cut off our relationship, why, when I came, was there no one there? Why did I call and no one responded? Hashem responds to the first claim first, that he has abandoned us and is uninterested. To that he says, I came and there was no one there. Hashem calls the people with the prophets and waits to accept their repentance, but they do not respond. The second claim, that maybe he is like a person in debt who cannot redeem them, is addressed in the second half of the verse. Akatsor katsorai yadi nipedus, is my arm too short to rescue? V'im ein bi koach do I not have the power to save? With mere rebuke, I dry up the sea, and I turn rivers into desert. Their fish stink from lack of water. They lie dead of thirst. Our entire national history is based on God's immeasurable power. He dried up the Red Sea and the Jordan River, overriding the laws of nature. He has saved us constantly through his undeniable power. Could we really think that he is like, so to speak, a creditor that's lost all his money, that his power has been washed up? I clothe the skies in blackness and make their sackcloth into a garment. Here Hashem is recalling more miracles in history, like the plague of darkness and times that Hashem stopped the sun, in order to tell us that his power is immeasurable and 
first of all, he has not left us. He cares about us and he is constantly sending us more messages so that we'll return to him and that his power is unlimited and that we cannot doubt that the gula, that the redemption will come from his lack of ability. Now Yeshayahu turns to his own prophecy as an example of Hashem reaching out to the Jewish nation. Hashem Elohim nasalni l'shomli mudim. Hashem gave me a skilled tongue, to know how to speak timely words to the weary. He wakes me morning by morning. He rouses my ear to understand him like a student. Hashem gave me, Yeshayahu, the ability to speak to the nation and to do so eloquently and in a way that was applicable to them. Hashem Elohim pasach ozen. Hashem opened my ears to his prophecy, and I did not disobey, and I did not run away. Yeshayahu continues by describing the many reasons he had to run away, because people tried to hurt him, and they embarrassed him. And they, he says, I hid my face from insult and from spit, that people would humiliate him in public. He had reason to refuse and to run away, and not to give prophecy, but he accepted his mission to appeal to Bnei Yisrael to do tshuva. And Hashem will help me. And therefore, I feel no disgrace, and therefore I have set my face like stone. And I know I will never be shamed. Radak and Ibn Ezra point out that Yeshayo would have good reason to worry about being shamed. Most of his prophecies were about times that he that that the people of his time would never live to see. He would never be vindicated in front of all those who claimed that his prophecies would not come true. Karov meets Diki, he who will prove me right is close. Umi Ariviti, and therefore who dares to contend with me? Yeshayahu, of course, is confident that he will be vindicated and therefore cannot possibly understand how anyone would dare to continue to argue with him and to deny his prophecies. And so he invites those who have denied his prophecies, who were his enemies, to stand with him and anticipate with him the fulfillment of those exact prophecies. Let us stand together, those who would have been my opponents, let them approach me. Hein Hashem lokim yazorli mihu yarshi'eni. Hashem will help me. Who will vilify me? Hein kulam kabeged yivlu ash yochlem. They shall all wear out like a garment. The moth will consume them. Those who deny Hashem's power and purpose in this world do seem very powerful now, but they are no more than a worn than a garment, which has its time of beauty, but is susceptible to decay and can be eaten by a lonely moth, can be destroyed by a lonely moth. So too, those are the people who deny Yeshayahu's prophecies and really deny the truth of Torah and mitzvot and the eternity of the Jewish people as well. Right now, they may seem powerful and they may seem real, but they are only as strong as a simple garment that will decay and that can be eaten by a lowly moth. Mivachem Yirei Hashem, who amongst you reveres Hashem, Shomea Bekol Avdo, 
and he's the voice of his servant, meaning Yeshayahu himself. Though he walks in darkness and has no light, but let him trust in Hashem and rely upon his God. Right now, in the world that we live, sometimes it seems like those who trust in Hashem and those who believe in Torah, they are the ones who are walking in the dark. They are the ones who seem like they are out of touch with reality. Because right now, Hashem's promises have not yet come true. But if we trust in Hashem, that will be worthwhile because ultimately the truth is with him. Yeshayahu sums up his argument that he has rebuked the nation in a perfect way, meaning Hashem has given him the ability to be able to connect to them and to give them prophecy properly, and he has waited patiently for their return, and he has challenged them to join him and to recognize the truth of his prophecies and to return to Hashem. And the reason for their distance is not because Hashem has distanced them, but because Hashem is waiting for them to respond to his messengers and to return to them. But you are lighters of fire. You are fighting with Hashem and you are inciting Hashem's anger and you are kindlers of sparks. We think of it, when we sin, we think of it as just a spark, a minor sin, something small. But really these minor sins and these minor transgressions result in greater sins and they result in distance. Go in the flame of your fire and in the sparks of your light. This has come to you from my hand. You will lie down in pain. You received every chance and every entreaty to return. You are in this position because of your own doing. And now you are lying in pain because of your own actions. This is a very sad end to Perek Nun, to chapter 50, where Hashem tells the Jewish people, I have not left you. There is an underlying comfort here. I have not left you. I am waiting for you to return to me. But your situation is a result of your own doing and not because I have abandoned you and not because I do not have the power to redeem you. Thank God the tide turns here at the beginning of Perek Nun Aleph, chapter 51. And the subject of this entire chapter, only the three, ver- the three first psukim, the three first verses, are part of this Haftorah. The entire chapter is a conversation about the redemption between Hashem and the Jewish people, and specifically those who are sincere and spiritually seeking and true to Hashem. And it begins, Shimuelai wrote Feitzedek Mevakshe Hashem. Hashem says, listen to me, those who pursue justice and those who seek Hashem. So we just left off with Hashem saying, I am here. I am sending you my Nevi'im. I am waiting for you to return to me. And now he turns to those who do want to return to him. And he says the following, Look to the rock from which you were hewn, to the quarry from which you were dug. Hashem tells the people, specifically those who put in effort to do what is right, to look back to their origins. 
Habitu al Avram Avicham al Sarah Tucholochem. Look back to Avraham, your father, and to Sarah who brought you forth. Kiachad Kirasiv Vavarcheo Varbehu. For he was only one when I called him, but I blessed him and made him many. There are two reasons that we should specifically look back to Avraham and Sarah. One is to remind us that we are descendant from the greatest people in history, and therefore not to lose hope in ourselves and who we are. The second reason is that the Jews in exile, even those who believe so strongly, may start to question themselves based on the length of the exile. Does it really seem logical that Hashem will save us after us being here for so long? Radak points out that Avram and Sarah waited for so many years to have a child, something we know since our own childhoods and sometimes don't think of in actual human terms. They hoped that one day they would have a child. But if you think about it, that hope seems, in a natural way of looking at it, to be absurd. And yet after all that waiting, their prayers were answered. So too for us, even though our exile seems interminable, Hashem will redeem us, as he says in the final Pasuk of the Haftorah, Ki nicham Hashem tzion, nicham So too Hashem will comfort Zion. He will comfort all of her ruins. And he will make her de- desert like Eden, like Gan Eden, her desert like the garden of Hashem. Sason v'simcha yimatzeva, toda v'kolzimra. Gladness and joy will be found there. Thanks and the sound of music. Those who trust in Hashem and those who do what they can to return to Him and to serve Him even in the darkness of exile will eventually be the ones who are comforted ultimately. And again, this is really the comfort that is contained within this Haftarah, that there is an element of rebuke there is an element where we have to say to ourselves that we are in this situation because of our own actions. First of all, that has its own comfort within because if we recognize that it is our doing that we are suffering, then we can recognize that Hashem has not left us and not abandoned us. And that also gives us the opportunity to hopefully to return to Hashem and those who do return to Hashem, and those who trust in Him, and those who recognize that the exile is temporary, the world we live in is temporary, but there is an eternity waiting for us, they will have the reward of Sason v'simcha toda v'kol zimra.